Second Peter, and I won't keep you long today. Famous last words. Amen. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse number 10. I'm going to refrain from mentioning much about our event on Wednesday night. I mean, Friday night, my wife and I, and I'll let her say some stuff about the night. But again, thank you for, for the gift that you gave us. It was really, really nice. Appreciate that very much. Verse 10 of 2 Peter chapter 1. It's a verse that I'm sure many of you have read before. It says, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and your election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. Ye shall never fall. Wherefore, key word there, wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. I'm going to speak for a few minutes on calling and election sure. Make your calling an election sure. Lord, we are again thankful again to be in the house of prayer this morning. I'm thankful for every soul, God, that is in this house. We're thankful, Lord, for your precious word, God, that you have given to us. Oh, God, we are so thankful, Lord, just to feel your presence today. And then, oh, God, that you are in this house, Lord, God, to feel your compassion, your love, your mercy. Lord, and that amazing grace extended, Lord, to every one of us today. Thankful, God, for our children and young people and for every one of our adults and elders in the house today, God. Thank you, Lord, for being so good to us and giving us breath of life and strength, Lord, to come into your house and keeping us, Lord, again for throughout this week, both physically and spiritually and mentally, Lord, you have kept us. And I thank you, Lord, for that. Help me, God. Direct me, Lord, in handling your precious word today and help these precious souls in receiving your word. To, we, to you, God, we give you all the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. You may be seated. This is a very powerful verse of scripture and we're going to look at some other verses in this context in 2 Peter chapter 1 today. But uh, look at someone say, you are called. You are called. God does not have this big wheel up in heaven that he places a bunch of names on it, 100 different choices. And he has Michael come over and he says, now I want you to spin the wheel there. And he spins the wheel and bam, Sister Liz Serrano, you have now been chosen and elected. Yay! Come on down and get your gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. No, that's not how God works the thing. God doesn't spin a big wheel and if your lucky number comes up, you get to be chosen today to be one of God's children. No. He calls you by name. You're the called of God. You're the chosen of God. God did it very deliberately, folks. And get this. Some of us can get married without knowing all the facts about the person. Now, there's no couples here that shouted amen right there. They were all kind of scared to say that. But they're all, see, my wife didn't know everything about me, so there were unknowns there. And there's always unknowns in relationships. But So sometimes... We use this phrase, they entered into that with blinders on. <laughs> yeah. 
Because they really didn't know. Guess what? When God chose you, he entered into this relationship with his eyes wide open. Not only knowing what you are, what you say, but he knows what you think. Now get this. He also knows what you're going to do. Because he's also a God of the future also. He could see the choices we are going to make. Now some of you, now let's just be honest. Now you may not have said I do. If you had known <laughs> what you were going to find out in the next one to two years. Maybe that they're not going to pick their clothes up out of the house. Yeah, or, or they may not going to do this or that. Yeah, uh-huh, you know what, you know what, uh-huh, going to leave all your clothes on the bathroom floor, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, they're going to leave all their dishes on, on the table, they're going to, uh, come. boy, I'm preaching already. Everybody stay in your seats, no time to come and repent yet, amen. But if we had known some of those things, we'd have said, you know what, maybe we're going to look elsewhere here, all right, because this may not going to work. But God knew every one of our shortcomings. He knew every one of our mistakes, both in the past, the present, and the future. And yet, then he says, I want you. That's absolutely amazing. Because we see people and we go, oh, they're perfect. But if they were really to give us the truth, we would find out they're probably not perfect. Now, there's some people in this church, Sister Trammell, who's pretty close to being perfect. I mean, she's right there, folks. I've seen a few times, I've seen her come in the door, the, her angel wings were flapping. I've seen them when they come in, so. <laughs> I love you, Sister Grandma. But here's the reality is, God chose you. Look at somebody who said, you are chosen. You are called, but then you have a responsibility, folks, to obey. Salvation includes two things. It's God and you. God calls, you must answer. God calls, and guess what? Oh boy, you have to obey, folks. Then there's a word used associated with that call in election. It says sure. Everybody say sure. A sure thing. The word sure means steadfast and firm. Steadfast and firm. Folks, there is a security in God that is sure. Guess what? Our salvation in God is not predicated on the stock market. Oh, hallelujah. It's not even predicated on our Senate. Thank the Lord. And definitely it's not going to be predicated on the Congress starting after January because that's a scary thing right there. Amen. But guess what? None of those things affect your salvation. It can affect our life financially and all kinds of stuff. But folks, your election is sure in Christ Jesus. Get this. Your worst enemy, your worst enemy cannot even affect your salvation in God. Oh, they can say things about you, they can be mean to you, they can do all kinds of things about you, even they get the extent of killing you. All they've done is just going to send you to heaven faster. <laughs> they can't steal from you salvation in God. I don't know about you, but folks, that is a comfort to me. I think things are going to get a little worse. I'm just trying to comfort you in the United States of America. But I'm, I'm happy about this one thing. We live in a very different kind of environment, socially, economically, and politically in the state of Oregon. You can say amen right there, because that's, that's, that's a safe time to say amen. 
because that's the honest truth. But guess what? This environment and the spirits we're dealing with in this Portland area, they can't stop our salvation. My salvation is still a sure thing because it's not rooted, hear me, in this world or the temporal things that's rooted in the eternal God. It's a sure thing you have in God. Amen. Nobody can rob my salvation that I have in God. According to the context of this verse, the verse begins with the word wherefore. Wherefore. Thus, your calling by God and your election by the King of glory will not benefit you unless you do what? You hold fast. What you have received by adding to that, <laughs> to your faith, you're going to need to add virtue. In verse 6 it says, And to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. We have responsibilities as the call and chosen of God. The song he just sang, My life is not my own. To him I belong. I have responsibilities to everybody in this church. I'm not an island. I don't live to myself. I live to affect the lives that are around about me. What? For righteousness sake. I want to help people. Amen. There's a banker here at Key Bank that I go into. And as you know, I, I kind of joke with people lots and try to be very cheery and stuff. And so every time I go in there, I always try to, you know, Crack a joke and do something with those things. And so the other day when I went in there, I did that. And, and I don't go in there that much anymore because now you can just scan your check and send it in. You don't even have to go into the bank anymore. But I went in there and, and she said, I'm so glad you come in because you make me laugh every time you come in. I didn't know if it was the way I look that she was laughing. Or, I wasn't really sure how to take that, but I think it's because of the jokes I was hoping. But, and she goes, you make my day by doing that. Folks, that's what we're supposed, you shouldn't walk in with such an attitude that when you live, they're depressed and needing to take more medication for depression. It's like, where's my bottle? <laughs> no, folks, we should make them happy so they don't have to do their, their medicine. Laughter is like a medicine, folks, to them. We should be affecting our world for righteousness sakes because what? We have a sure foundation. We have a surety in God. Folks, I don't care what's going on in your life. Every day, you're still saved. If they tell you today, you know what? you got to bring to me. you got six months to live. Guess what? You can still say, so what? I have salvation in Christ Jesus, folks, today. Hallelujah. Church, we have responsibility. But there's this false doctrine, and I hate to even say it's a doctrine. It's more a false teaching that's out there and it's like this once saved always saved once saved always well you look at the last phrase of this verse of scripture it says ye shall never fall that very phrase that four word phrase right there it infers that there's the possibility of you losing out with God there's the possibility of you losing it's important that you maintain your salvation in God somebody say amen we are more diligent about changing the oil in our cars, the filters in our house, and doing all the other little maintenances in our life than we are in doing the maintenance in regards to our spirituality with God. Woo. You know, sometimes it's too bad that God didn't build us this way, but, you know, if you want to make sure your car is going to run a while, you have to every once in a while lift your lid, lift that hood, and pull out your dipstick and see if there's any oil there. 
It's too bad God didn't do that with the Holy Ghost so you could pull it out every day and go, uh-oh, it's low. <laughs> Need some more oil here today. <laughs> but in the spirit realm, you can do that because you can pray and God can help you to make sure you stay full of the Holy Ghost, folks. Why? We have to maintain things. Look at the two-word phrase that Peter uses. He said, give diligence. Everybody say, give diligence. This statement makes it clear to us that salvation is so important that we ought to give all diligence to secure our salvation. Now, just reason with me for just a moment. What is the most valuable possession you have? What is the most cherished thing you have out of all the things you have outside of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? What do you have? Now think about this. Everything you have in this present moment in time and everything you will gain and possess in the future will all pass away. Everything you have. Everything you have. Paul Allen Joan the Portland Trailblazers and Seattle Seahawks. He just recently passed away. Multi, multi, multi billionaire, billionaire has tons of money or had tons of money. He didn't carry any of it with him, folks. Everything he had, he left behind him. Every single thing. And as Bishop said this morning in his lesson, he said this the most precious thing you have is your soul. Everybody say your soul. Everything else. Are you ready for this? Even this fleshly temple is going to pass away. We spend tons of money in making sure this thing looks good. Come on. Somebody, you need to say amen right there. We need to do that. We do everything we can, and we need to make sure we stay healthy and we do everything we can, but it's, we need to have a balance if we're spending all the time taking care of this thing, yet our spiritual man is over here weak and dying, we need to get a balance there, folks. Why? Because this flesh, I, let me, this is the thing that really frustrates me is older people who try to stay young. Doesn't that just get you, Bishop? You know what I'm saying here. Sometimes I'm like, folks, you're not going to win this battle. Age is coming. Just accept. Hey, I'm accepting it. Look here, folks. Gray hair, it's still gray. I didn't do anything to it. I'm just, I figured, man, it's everyday thing if I try to keep my hair from not turning gray. There's nothing I can do about the wrinkles. There's nothing I can do about all of these things. This thing is heading to the grave. But I have a hope because my election is sure. When it goes away, I'm still going to be saved, folks. <laughs> When they lay me in that little box in front of the church and you walk by and said, oh, he looks so natural. <laughs> Thank you very much there. <laughs> he was always looked a little dead. But, and you're going to say, oh, he looks so natural. Good guy. Guess what, folks? That's only going to be that little temple that I was in. But my election, my God choosing me, my salvation is secure in God. And while you're looking at that, I'm waiting for that what? That calling when he calls me and says, well done. And I'm going to walk on streets of gold. Folks, we have a hope that is greater than this temporal life. So who cares about what's going on here? Thank God for salvation. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. 
But we should give diligence to that which should never pass away more than we give diligence to those temporal things we have. Look at that verse again, my scripture text. It says, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to your diligence to your calling and election, sure, to make your calling lecture. For if he do these things, he shall never fall. This verse is an encouragement to me. I don't know about you, it is to me. See, because the devil, he likes to come along and he likes to tell you this, you're never going to make it. Come on, anybody ever heard that before? You are never going to make it. You're too weak. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares. Who cares if you leave? You're never going to make it, so don't even try. Why don't you just throw in the towel? Go party and have a great life because you're never going to make it to heaven. You're always making mistakes. You're never going to be saved. That's what the devil loves to tell us. And after Jesus taught a lesson as recorded in Luke, this is what the people, this is how the people responded in Luke chapter 18 and verse 26. And they that heard it said, Who then can be saved? That's our flesh. And in reality, in our flesh, nobody can be saved. You can't save yourself. You can't do enough good deeds. You can't cook enough cookies and give them away to your neighbors. <laughs> You can't do enough good things to save yourself. But thank God my salvation is in Him and not in the works that I do. All i got to do is obey God and do what He's asked me to do, not try to win some merit with God with the things that I am doing. Oh, this is good stuff this morning. The enemy of our soul tries to sow the very same seed of doubt in every one of us that who can be saved. This, this is too hard for me to do. No, it's not. Living for God is not hard, folks. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to make This is a hard life. No, this is the easiest life you could ever live is living for God. Come on, somebody needs to shout amen right there. This is absolutely the easiest life. Well, I'll tell you the hard life is living by a bottle. That's a hard life to live. I'll tell you a hard life to live is living by a needle. That's a hard life to live. I'll tell you another life that's hard to live is living according to pornography or all the other addictions that are in our life. That's a hard life to try to live, folks. But I'll tell you what's an easy life to live is when you wake up in the morning, folks. I don't care if I'm snap, crackling, and popping like Rice Krispies trick because of my age. I can say, thank God for the peace of God and the joy that passeth all understanding. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. I have salvation in God. Woo, hallelujah. This is the easiest life you're ever going to live. Because get this, on my lowest days living for God, it was still the better than the best day I had in the world, folks. I remember when I went in the church and laying my head down on a pillow, folks, and you're thinking to myself, I sure hope I don't die tonight. I sure hope I don't die tonight because I know I'm going straight to hell. That's a miserable way to live your life. But folks, to know that every night I can lay my head down on my pillow and know if I never open my eyes, the next time I do, I'm going to see the face of the almighty God of heaven saying, well done. What a hope, folks. Oh, thank God for the Holy Ghost. A sure calling. A sure calling in God. Oh, you should rejoice in the Lord. Thank God for your calling in God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I got I to gotta go on. I got to go on. I want to tell somebody today, folks, it says ye shall never fall. You can make it. 
You can may look at your neighbor and say, you're going to make it. <laughs> you're going to make it, folks. We will make it, folks. We will make it. I don't care what the devil's throwing at you right now. I don't care how depressed you may feel. The pressure that's in you. Oh, my Lord and my God. You have the greatest gift in all the world inside of you. You have all power in heaven and earth resided inside of you. You have a hope. Woo! I'm sorry I'm getting a little excited today. But there's a key to this statement here. For if ye do these things. Uh-oh, pastor's going to preach. Uh-oh, be careful. See, obedience is the key to salvation. Yeah. Obedience is the key to salvation. You look in 1 Samuel, it says obedience is better than sacrifice. Because Saul came along, he, he says, man, look what we did. We, we did almost everything you asked us to do, but we just left a little bit of the good thing because we can offer them to you, Lord. The Lord said, wait a minute, partial obedience is disobedience. The key to our salvation is complete obedience to God. Guess what? I didn't write the rules. Your pastor didn't write the rules. God wrote them and he put them in this precious book. All you got to do is obey the book, folks, and your salvation is secure in God. The fact that God has chosen you does not make your own efforts unnecessary to make that salvation sure. Well, he chose me, so he, I don't really have to worry about it now because I'm chosen. I kind of do what I want to, you know. <laughs> I'll just kind of stay chosen. You better not think that way. You, sh you better value, you ready? Every time you feel the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you're in this service today, and you feel that you have felt God, you better not take that for granted, just the feeling of the presence of God in your life. You may say, I don't have the Holy Ghost. I'm just talking about the presence of God. When we were worshiping God and they were singing, and you begin to feel the presence of God on you, you better not take that lightly, folks. Because folks, he does not have to talk to us. He does not have to deal with us. He does not have to touch you. But the love of God is reaching for every soul in this house this morning because he loves you, folks. Don't take it for granted. And as I conclude this message today, I'm not, I told you I'm not going to preach very long. Let me summarize my thoughts. Therefore, we need to be all the more diligent to make our calling and election sure if we want to make it to heaven, folks. We cannot come to Jesus and have our sins forgiven and, and then just coast our way into heaven. We cannot come to the place of salvation and then once we get here, we're just going to stop. See, this is a truly a powerful verse of Scripture. And I know some of you have read this verse before, but it's this. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall, hallelujah, and ye shall, oh, that's a promise. Ye shall receive the greatest gift that you could ever get. And it's a gift, do I have a witness in the house? It's a gift of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, folks. Oh, hallelujah. But folks, baptism is not the end point but the, merely the beginning point of salvation. I repented and so I'm done. No, you're not. Well, I've been baptized and so I'm done. 
No, you're not. Well, I received the Holy Ghost. I'm done. No, you're not. Look at Peter again. Peter again, he said this. There's a very important word in this passage that we over, often overlook in 2 Peter chapter 1. <laughs> and yes, the word diligent is, yes, mentioned twice in this chapter, and it's mentioned in verse 5 and verse 10. But I want to read verse 5, which has the word diligent, but there's another word that's important. It's this. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. <laughs> and add to your virtue and to virtue knowledge. Besides what? Look at the first verse that comes right before this. The first right before it says this, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of, everybody say divine nature. The divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through the lust. Acts 2.38, folks, is just the beginning of salvation. It's just the start of your walk with God. It's not the end. You can't just say, I've done this, I'm done, now I'm just going to coast into heaven. Absolutely not. It will not work, folks. You are partakers when you receive the Holy Ghost of what? Partakers of the divine nature of God. It's the divine nature that is now coming on the inside of you. That's God coming on the inside of you. That's why you'll speak with tongues is the Spirit gives you utterance, folks. But look at verse number 5 again. And besides this, and besides what? You taking on that divine nature, besides you receiving the baptism, you've got to do something more to that. Look what it says. Giving all diligence, add. The big word in this verse is add. Everybody say add. Add. Walking with God is a walk of addition. It's a walk of addition. That's the reason why the Word of God says, hey, we don't need to just stay babies in the Lord. We need to grow and mature in the Lord. Give, give us some piano here. You grow in the Lord. God wants us to grow from where we are and get deeper in God. If you remain what you are when you first received the Holy Ghost, think about a little baby. What if you had a little baby and they stayed the same size for 10 years? Most of us would probably get a little alarmed if you're very observant, you would. Because by the time they get to 10 and they're still, you're still changing their diaper and you're still doing other things, I guarantee you, you'd start being motivated to get to a doctor and find out why they're still in diapers. <laughs> because it's just natural for us to grow in the physical and it's natural for us to grow in the spiritual, folks. So this verse today, I want to kind of get you to focus on this. Walking with God, again, is a walk of addition. Everybody say addition. You ready? Living for the devil is a walk of subtraction. He will take everything from you and give you nothing in return. Amen. That's the reason why the Bible says he's a thief. He's a robber. Folks, he'll steal and rob your dignity and leave you with absolutely nothing. 
Young people, he'll steal your virginity and give you absolutely nothing in return. He'll steal and rob your mind so you can't even think right on drugs, folks, and then give you nothing but a mind that's burnt out on drugs. All he does, he never adds anything to you. He always takes away from you. He is a God of subtraction. But I live and serve a God of addition. I don't know about you, but ever since I had the Holy Ghost, God just keeps adding more and more and more and more and more and more and more, more, folks. Hear me, when we get the Holy Ghost and we need to begin to add to that minimum requirement, folks, we need to grow in Christ. We need to go through this process. Why? Because we're never going to be perfect. But I can tell you this thing, in this whole process of Him adding things to our life, we're still saved. We're growing in Christ Jesus. So as I close, I want to ask you a question. Have you taken care of that first step that I read in verse 38 of Acts chapter 2? You may stand. It'll give you a little hope. Matter of fact, I'd like to invite you down to the front this morning as we wrap this up. As we read Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, it says, Repent and be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Again, I want to ask you, have you done the minimum requirements that is required by every single one of us that is in this house today? First, have you done the very first one? It says repent. Well, what is repentance? Repentance is godly sorrow. It's being sorrowful for the things you have done that violates God's law. God, I'm sorry. It's more than words we say. Repentance is much deeper than just saying, I'm sorry. And then we go back out and do it again. That's not repentance. Repentance is a change of mind and heart. When I say, hey, I'm sorry, I intend. I'm not going to do that again. I stop because this is true repentance. I'm going to put that aside and we're not going to pick it up again because that's repentance. Have you done that first step? And if you've done that one, then have you done step number two? What's step number two? Baptism. In the name of Jesus Christ. You can't be baptized in any other name except the name of Jesus. I can show you chapter after chapter, verse after verse, where people were baptized in Jesus' name. It's in your book. It's in your Bible. You've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And if you've done that, repented and been baptized, have you received the greatest gift? Absolutely. The greatest, you will never get for Christmas the kind of gift you will get when you get the baptism. I don't care if they gave you the world. It don't even compare to the gift of the Holy 